The Israel Report with Rolene Marks. Oh, since last Thursday, plenty transpiring in the Holy Land on the weekend. Uh, lots of news happening even into today. Joining us now on the line from Israel, our correspondent, Rolene Marks. Rolene, a very good afternoon to you. Always great to have you on board. Always good to be with you. Indeed. So let's start with the shooting on the Egyptian border that killed three IDF soldiers. All we know so far, what's the latest? Well, so far what we know is that the IDF are busy conducting an investigation. Uh, Herzi Halevi, he's the IDF chief of staff, uh, opened an investigation almost immediately. So let's take a look back at events as they transpired on uh, Saturday. Mm-hmm. We had news breaking of an exchange of fire on the border with, God, with uh, Egypt, which is highly, highly unusual because normally the border is very, very quiet. Uh, A lot of questions coming Mm -hmm. out of uh, this horrific incident. Uh, What we know is that an Egyptian border guard policeman opened fire towards uh, Israeli IDF positions and killed uh, immediately uh, Lia Ben-Nun, 19 years old, and Ori Itzhak Iluz, 20 years old, both uh, soldiers from the Cheetah Battalion. Uh, we know that soldiers then... Um, went on a manhunt they weren't able to to shoot back at the at the perpetrator that's also up for discussion uh, because there are a lot of rules of engagement that govern how the IDF respond they weren't allowed to to shoot back so that is also up for discussion how do, do our soldiers engage when they come under fire like this um a third soldier, Ohad Dahan, also 20 years old, was killed during the manhunt. The perpetrator, who today has been identified as Mohammed Saleh, he was 22 years old, and uh, he was apparently armed with a Quran, a knife, and six magazines for his firearm. So this has uh, raised suspicions of the Egyptians, and uh, who are giving. Israel their full cooperation and uh, initially they said that the police officer was chasing a drug smuggler but as more and more details started to emerge it it appears that he had what they call nationalistic motives and uh, it led to the tragic murder of three of our officers so Ronin Sorry to interrupt. So this looks like just, uh, you could say, a renegade incident. It's got nothing to do with any frayed relations between Egypt and Israel. Absolutely mm. not. Absolutely not. In sure. fact, Israel and Egypt are going to want to do everything uh, possible to ensure that these uh, relations remain absolutely intact. In fact, the Egyptians have assured the Prime Minister of their uh, full cooperation uh, and will be investigating this as well. Uh, but... Uh, what was very curious is that even before the Egyptian officials released the details of Saleh, social media was already filled with um, uh, photos and, and praise for him for killing these Israeli uh, soldiers. 
And uh, right now, what we do know is that there are a lot of questions around this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the IDF Ramat Kal, the chief of staff, says there are lessons that have to be drawn from this horrific event uh, and investigations are underway. And it looks as if also Amnesty International joining the bandwagon with their anti-Israel stance because a board member now uh, mentioned recently that, well, not recently, in fact, it was yesterday over the weekend that Israel does not exist. What's going on here? Well, I don't know. Right now, looking at the way that Amnesty International seem to behave, I think this is probably a prerequisite Mm -hmm. for being um, inducted onto their board. So this is... Russia Abdel Latif uh, sent, uh, sharing a message on um, social media that there is nothing called Palestine. It is, it is Israeli uh, territory and uh, also carrying on to, uh, to make uh, some really scurrilous accusations against uh, Israel. Uh, she defended the firing of rockets. These are indiscriminate rockets fired at um, Israeli civilians. Mm. Uh, so uh, even Amnesty International admits that rockets fired on civilians is a war crime, but somehow she did not get the memo. Mm. Now, Amnesty International, as we know, in recent years has been um, uh, steadily sliding downhill, really, really uh, joining uh, the ranks of the anti-Israel establishment. In fact, going so far as to lead the anti-Israel establishment with this uh, libelous claim, this slur that Israel is an apartheid state. That is their line. They're sticking to it. What is very interesting, and I, and I tried to look for it today, somebody tweeted over the weekend that they were at an, an Amnesty International meeting in Australia, where the issue of Amnesty blaming Ukraine for Russia's invasion, um, that Amnesty International wouldn't let anybody question that. Now, we have heard this type of behavior from Amnesty International in the past before on issues surrounding their reports on Israel not allowing Israeli staff in their offices to to comment, not allowing anybody who who raised concerns about the reports to comment. So uh, this is behavior that unfortunately we have come to expect from Amnesty International how anybody still believes that this is a uh, an impartial, a so-called impartial body uh, which which is is meant Uh, to exhibit neutrality so to speak not only impartial, I mean, this is an NGO that monitors human rights but how they are so profoundly focused in one area that, you know, take away the fact that I I, I work with this information all day, Mm -hmm. this obsessive focus on one area, one conflict at the expense of conflicts around the world, that kind of tells you something and where they are headed. Rowling, has there been any reaction to this individual? Has anybody spoken out about it? Uh, has somebody at least advised Amnesty at least to at least uh, to enlighten, is it Latif, the surname is Latif, as to you know what, what the situation is regarding Amnesty's well supposed outlook? Well, sadly, I don't think even if they do mm. bring it to her to to their attention that they're going to enlighten her in any way. Mm. 
uh, you know, they okay. might give her a very piecemeal, you know, naughty, naughty, don't say oh, yeah, Israel right. uh, doesn't exist. But the reality that we know is that there are advocates for uh, Israel in our current state, as the nation state of the Jewish people, to be done away with because of their support for groups like the Boycott, Divestment and Sanctions right. um, movement. Yeah, well, okay. Laureline, it is Monday. Let us at least end off with a feel-good story, a sporting story, the historic moment. Wow, for the Israeli team at the Under-20 World Cup, beating my global favorite Brazil and moving on to the semifinals. What an achievement. It's a first for them, isn't it? Who to thank it? This is the first for any Israeli yeah. team at a FIFA World Cup. Just a little bit of a smack on the knuckles to FIFA. FIFA, if you're listening, it is okay to say Israel, mm-hmm. not this country beat uh, Brazil. You can say Israel and you can show our flag. Really, it's uh, it, it's okay. Uh, but yeah, causing an upset in the last minute, I think it was of, of, uh, of extra Correct. time or penalties. And there we went. The third three goal. Two, That's it. Uh, yeah. Knocking Brazil out. Hmm. What a wow. moment. And just for those accusing Israel of practicing apartheid, please note that two of the players that scored goal were, goals were in fact Israeli Arabs. Um, which you wouldn't have seen happening in apartheid Indeed. South Africa. Poetic justice, you could say also, Rolene, with uh, Indonesia rejecting Israel to play there. They lost the cup to Argentina, and look what's happening. Indeed, that is, a, tri- that is a triumph in itself. Um, imagine yeah. Israel wins this. This will be poetic justice well, like nobody's Let's business. see what happens against Uruguay. Uh, Rolene, we're going to have to leave it there. Always great chatting to you uh, every afternoon about what's happening in Israel. Rolene Marks, our correspondent from Israel, giving us the load on, on what's happening right now in the Holy Land. 